there's never really been a first step. It's mostly been a feeling and a question. I guess there's a step, but I guess the first thing is you got to feel shitty enough to change. And I know a lot of times there are people that are like, oh, I just stopped doing this thing because I just decided one day I didn't want to do it. Well, good for you. I am not like that. I have a huge tolerance for pain and bullshit from me and other people. So no, I don't just decide to change my life. I destroy my life and then I recreate it. So with a mission to share the good, the bad and the ugly, Vasavi empowers others to really embrace their authenticity and self-trust known as the queen of saying it out loud, which show your book so we can all see it. Let's see it. Yes. Just released one week ago, say it out loud. And she's fearlessly addressing unspoken truths, fostering a really safe space for vulnerability. So through her website, she offers resources and programs to really inspire and guide individuals on their own personal growth journeys. So seriously, join us in this conversation today. We're just gonna free flow here. We're gonna discover your unique gifts. We're gonna discover all the power of embracing life's ups and downs uh, with mindfulness and practicality. So thank you so much for joining me here today and I can't wait to dive in. Thanks, Jamie, for having me. Me neither. I would love to just kind of start at the beginning. So as you know, we're on Aligned With Purpose here. So I would love to hear a bit of your backstory and then what kind of brought you to being and feeling aligned with your purpose to now share it in a book form and be just sharing your word to others. You know, when I was looking at the book the other day and I was like, man, I feel like the book is really the, the closing, the closure that I needed for like all the 40 years of lessons for me. You know, the book really represents the first 40 years of my life. And my what's next is yet to be written. I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm very excited to just be with the openness. But the kind of things that I had to go through to be able to write a book called Say It Out Loud, which teaches my readers how to talk to themselves and how to talk to the voices in their head. You know, I don't think people just wake up one day saying, let me write a book about how to talk to the voices in your head. I don't think any normal person wakes up and who knows what normal even means. But, you know, I don't think a normal person wakes up and says, let me write a book on teaching people how to talk to the voices in their head. So to get to where I am today, and I don't like to go too deep into any one thing, just because for me personally, because I have worked through many of it, anytime I speak about it, it's just breathing more life into my past, which I'm really trying not to do these days. But for the purposes of this conversation, because I do think it's important for your listeners to get to know me and know that I'm no different than them, you know, and I'm no better than them. I'm just a, a regular person who's been through some shit and was able to tap into a higher power within herself. And that's my driving force. I was raised um, on Long Island, New York in a first generation. I'm a first generation Indian immigrant, which means my parents came here from India in the 70s and I was born in New York. And I, from a very young age, I remember myself being a child who was very happy, a very happy child, very funny child, very sweet, innocent, pure child, as most of us are when um, all of us are when we're born, not most of us, all of us are. We are pure, sweet and innocent. And I do remember there was a one incident in my life where I remember and I write about this in my book where my mom and her sisters were sitting on the couch and they were singing like Indian classical music. 
And my, it, this is all actually caught on video My because my dad used to follow me around with the camera when I was a kid, which is why I'm so comfortable in front of the camera. I mean, I do not get nervous. Put a camera in front of me, I'm fine because I my dad followed me around with the camera because he's like a, like a fresh immigrant who wants to capture life in America. So my dad, of course, followed me around and my sister and my mom around with the camera. But I remember like at around, I think I was probably four years old and this is caught on video. My mom and her sisters are all sitting on the couch singing. And I go up to my mother and I'm like tapping on her knee and I'm like, mom, mom, mom. I call my mother Gita Ma, Gita Ma, Gita Ma. Gita is her name, Ama means mother. And she's not, she's like in her own world and she's not addressing me. She's not responding to me. And I'm like pulling at her dress and I'm tapping her knee and I'm like saying her name and she's not responding. And so you see this on video. You see me being discouraged and putting my head down and walking away because I'm trying to get my mother's attention, but she's not paying attention to me. Now, as a child, we make up stories about who we are in the face of other people because we don't know who we are, right? Our, the adults in our life give us our sense of identity until we learn that that identity is not ours and we get to create our own identity and tell ourselves new stories. But I remember in that moment being like, what my little brain made that mean was that I am not important and that I am invisible. So I then really, you know, my life moving forward, I mean, like I was never the kid who didn't speak up for herself. I actually was a child that got in trouble for talking too much, talking too much, making too many jokes, calling out the elephant in the room. If I didn't think something was right, if I didn't like the way my mother was speaking to my father, I would say something. If I didn't like the way my dad was icing my mother out, you know, just completely stonewalling her, I would say something. I always used my voice to call out what was wrong. In my mind, what was wrong? When it's wrong, when you ice somebody out, it is wrong when you completely dump your shit on somebody else because you don't have a hand. It is because you don't have a handle on your own emotions. It is wrong to do that. We can have all the excuses in the world as to why we do it, but it is not correct behavior right? It is not emotionally mature behavior to scream at someone because you're having a bad day. And that's what I would see growing up. And I knew that that was wrong. I could feel it in my body, right? We feel everything as a child. So throughout my life, I think it was always just this fine line between like, oh, I want to fit in at school, you know, being like one of very few Indian families on Long Island, New York, I want to fit in at school. And I also, you know, don't belong at home because it's like chaotic as hell. My mom, is just always angry and irritable because she's a, you know, she worked really hard. She's a doctor, she's a cardiologist, and she, you know, she's a woman, she's an immigrant. I mean, she, I mean, it was not easy for her and she's raising two kids and all these things, right? And I just did whatever I had to do to survive, okay? That's it. I mean, if that meant smoking cigarettes at the age of 12, so I wouldn't get bullied by the girls at school, that's what I did. If that meant starting to, you know, drink at the age of 14 and smoking my first joint at the age of 16, or then, you know, um, wanting to feel accepted. And so, you know, dropping ecstasy with people on in the summer off, you know, before college and then going to college and then, you know, drinking on the weekends to then like the school day, you know, college days, like, you know, just, it just, I did whatever I had to do to fit in. I morphed into whichever city I needed to morph into. I was very attuned to the threat. I could always tell which group of people would be not the nicest. They would be the ones to be the more bullish ones. And I befriended those people people. 
I, I befriended the people that I thought would be the hardest to gain acceptance from. And then I became like them and I morphed into them. So my whole life was just really like, who do I need to be? What do I need to address? And so even in my romantic relationships, when I got married at 28, I'm no longer married. I became the good Indian wife. And then after I got divorced and I started dating a younger guy who was a, just straight out of rehab, I became an addict just like him. I mean, of course, I had addiction. I, I had addictive tendencies already. You know, you, it doesn't just happen overnight. I had the mind of an addict, you know, and addiction is a disease of the mind. It's not a character defect. And so I became like my rebound and I started using cocaine and then I had to go to rehab. And it's like I ended up just like how he began in this relationship. I just like I morphed into people. I became like other people to fit in. And so everything that I've been through, Jamie, has gotten me to a place where it's I know what it's like to not really listen to the voice of your truth and just listening to everyone else's voices that just become your voices. And then you can't distinguish between what's yours and what's theirs. And so that's why I wrote this book, because I made a promise to God in, I believe it was probably like May of 2019. I'd gone to rehab twice. Um, the second time that I went to rehab, March 2019, and then it was really hard. These past four years have been the hardest and they've been the most expansive because I've actually done the work. When people say do the work, I mean, I get it now. I get it when people say do the work. I get it when people say like keeping yourself regulated, keeping yourself calm and and steady. Like I know what it takes to do that. I mean, I'm fun. To, I feel so different on the inside. Like it, it's crazy. I'm still the same quirky, awkward, you know, say some weird shit, you know, whatever. But on the, on the inside, I'm very different. I feel different. I feel different. My outsides are like, yeah, but I'm still the same. Like my personality, I don't know, it feels really good. So all of this to say is that I made this promise to God when I was like really not doing well, like self-esteem wise, my self-esteem was in the toilet. And I said to God, you know, if I get through this, I promise I'm going to help other people. I'm, I mean, I'd already been helping other people, right? Because that's what I've done in my career. I was a therapist, coach, but I said, I, I want to really like, I'm going to pay it forward. And so, you know, I just always keep my mind and my focus on service. And so when the opportunity to write the book came about, I took it. And so here we are. Well, thank you. Thank you for just sharing a bit of your past and your experience that got you here, because I agree, it's so important to truly figuring out who you are today. Okay, yeah. so you said a lot of times you were molding yourself and that question of who do I need to be was top of mind. So I'm curious, like when it came to making that space to start to hear your own voice in your head, what was that first step for you to start to create that space? Uh, let me see how I want to answer this. There's never really been a first step. It's mostly been a feeling and a question. There is no step. You know, I mean, yes, there's a, I guess there's a step, but I guess the first thing is you got to feel shitty enough to change. And I know a lot of times there are people that are like, oh, I just stopped doing this thing because I just decided one day I didn't want to do it. Well, good for you. I am not like that. I have a huge tolerance for pain and bullshit from me and other people. So no, I don't just decide to change my life. I destroy my life and then I recreate it. Now, I don't advise that philosophy, that way of living to anybody. But for me, I guess that's just how God wanted my life to be. And so that's how it is. It's not so much a first step. It's more of getting really honest with yourself. What do you not like? If you can't answer what you hate about yourself, what you don't like about yourself, like, yes, embrace our imperfections, but okay, but be real about how you feel about those characteristics of yourself. If you don't like something about yourself, change it. 
you know? And I think we, we've become a very sensitive society where it's like self-reflection means like, oh, don't be hard on yourself. Like, no, you're not being hard on yourself. You get to mold yourself. Speaking of molding, you get to mold yourself into who you want to be, not how you think you need to be or should be. So be honest with yourself. What do you not like about yourself? What do you not like? What do you not like? What do you really appreciate? What you appreciate, do more of. What you don't like, be aware of it. Be aware of it. Notice when you do it. Notice when you do the thing. Notice your insecurities. Notice the things that you tell yourself. Notice how you, you may be a gossip queen. You may be two-faced. Like notice the shit about yourself, you know? And then the question is, Really, like, is this the person that I want to be? I see it as simple now. Now I, I can see how hard I used to make change be, you know, and I and and just even my relationship to myself was one was always one of judgment and condescension. And I, it doesn't need to be. I'm speaking from what I wish I would have known. And what I wish I would have known is like, man, if I could go back and just say my say anything to myself, it would just be like, Voss, you're so amazing. Like, why are you just ignoring it? Why are you undermining it? Why are you not owning it? You know, so really the first step is, it's not a step. It's an awareness of who you are and who you be. And do you like who you are? And if you don't, that's okay. You can do something about it. It's not like, oh, I don't like this about myself. Okay, great. Let me beat myself up about this character flaw that I see for the next 10 years in therapy. I started therapy at the age of 12, Jamie. I was in therapy for 16 years straight till the age of 28 when I got married. No one needs to be in therapy for 16 years. Having like having gone through many years of therapy and I'm I'm I am still in therapy, but it's situational now when I go to therapy. It's to work on a specific thing. It's every other week, you know. Um, and then I also became a therapist. So I can I can tell you right now, having been in therapy and out, having worked with so many people over the course of 11 years, no one needs to be in therapy for that long. But we do get stuck in a narcissistic loop talking about ourselves. It's kind of addicting talking about ourselves and all the people that do us wrong. It's, it's kind of thrilling, you know, because you get to feel like they're out, you know, they, they don't love me and you get to be angry and being angry gives you a dopamine rush. And no, but what we do need to learn is how to be real with ourselves and learn how to talk to ourselves. Because I think the thing that's missing for many of us is like permission to grow, permission to suck, permission to not like ourselves. It's okay to not like something about yourself because then you get to do something about it. You get to mold who you want to be instead of trying to blame everybody else. You know, like if you don't like something about yourself, change it. If you like it, accept it, move on, you know? So that's, that's my answer to that question. Mm, I love that. And I love how you, you've brought up a few times, like the ability to mold and change yourself. And I think that's so crucial because if you have this vision for who you know you could become or who you truly are, sometimes it's just that understanding of, you know, what's not in alignment with that right now. So that's beautiful. And now a, a question that's coming to mind for me is like, how do you talk to yourself now? What are the kind of questions you ask? Man, I really love my relationship with myself. I can feel it by how I interact with other people. My relationship with other people is very, anyone that I meet is just easy, chill. Hey man, like, let's just have a good time. You know, I'm not trying to have drama. I'm not trying like, so I'm very chill with myself these days. I do have, I'm a little, I do still have some controlling ways, but I honor that part of me who has felt so out of control in her life and she wants stability. So I don't judge that part of me because I know what it's like to completely lose myself. And so in this season, I honor anything that I want. Like if I want things done a certain way, I do it a certain way. If I don't want to do something, I don't do it. Like period. You know, we get to mold our life too. You know, I'm very lucky that I, I have parents who made great decisions 
and who were able to put me through school and give me the life advice that I needed to get me to a certain point. And I'm very grateful for that. And so I've used my resources to always educate myself. My mother never gave me money to get pedicures, but she always paid for my education. She would not give me $20,000. She she wouldn't give me 20 bucks for a pedicure, but she paid for both my masters. She paid for culinary school. She paid for my coach's training. That's my mother. She won't won't give me 20 bucks for a pedicure, but she'll give me money on education because she said no one can take that away from you. So I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed that I have parents who sacrifice so much for me. And so now it's just like my job to pay it forward. And so the way that I talk to myself now is, encouraging. It's kind. It's relaxed. We're accepting of myself. I'm really in a season of like acceptance. It's not even embracing as much as it's like more like, yeah, this is who I am. This is who I am. Because you have to understand when you start therapy at the age of 12, you literally wire your brain to look for what's not working. I mean, I, I, I can spot, I can talk to any person I mean, obviously, that's why I'm good at what I do, right? I can look at any person, I can look at anything, and I can tell where their insecurities are, I can tell where they're holding back, I can tell where they're maybe self-defeated, I can tell where they're not bringing their full self to the table, and I'm really good at helping bringing that out of out of people. And so, like, my point is, like, I had to hear myself think, I had to hear my voice. And so I'm in a season of where, like, I, I consult with myself, and that's it. Because for so many years, I consulted with so many other people, right? Friends, boyfriends, therapists, this, and now it's like me, I seek counsel within myself. And I think we, we all have the ability to do that when it's a nice, kind, safe space in our heads. And that's what I teach inside of my book, Say It Out Loud, how to talk to the voices in your head, how to be kinder to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Now, is this a dialogue that's happening? Yes, just in your head? Or do you also use modalities like journaling? Because for me, like that really helps me get when I put a pen to paper, that brings so much clarity to life. It depends on what it is, Jamie. So I like, okay, when I use pen to paper, it is for lists, making lists, organizing thoughts, yeah, just just seeing my ideas on paper. But when I am sorting out emotions and issues in my mind, like things that don't like things that aren't very logical, right? But also I, I, I can talk out loud to the voices in my head, even when it comes to like being efficient and organized. Like, you know, when you got to like go inside like a few things on your to do list, and you don't know where to begin. So like, that's one way you can you can learn to talk to yourself out loud. It's like, okay, what's my number one priority? Let's say you have four things that you need to do. And you're feeling overwhelmed, because you're like, you know, what do I begin? It's hard to really make that logical choice when you're all stuck in your emotion. And so when you say it out loud, like, ooh, What's going on? Okay, I got to go to the post office. I got to go to Target. I got to get my car washed. I got to do this. Okay, what order do I want to do this? And you hear yourself saying it and like your logical mind kicks in and you're not like all in the overwhelm of stuff. When you keep it in your head, it's just so overwhelming. And so whether it's making a grocery list or like memorizing a list that you need when you run inside a Target, that's one way. But in another way, you know, there were times that I was just really sad and lonely and I wanted to die. And I would literally say out loud, like, oh my God, just, why don't you just fucking die, boss? Like, I would say that to myself, like, just, just die. Like, just, you just need to die. It was a very, very dark part of me, which we all have that inside of us. Some of us, some people use plant medicine to access it. Or, if, you know, for me, I just have that voice in my head naturally because of whatever it could be because I have, you know, bipolar disorder and I've lived with that for 21 years. But Learning how to talk to myself and saying that out loud has saved me on so many occasions because I, I do come from a family of mental illness and suicide. So, you know, for me, saying the voice out loud, especially the 
mean voice, like the really dangerous voice, the one that can have you do some really stupid, hurtful things, saying that out loud. And also, by the grace of God, the fact that I have access to such core values because my parents instilled those in me. And I do have kindness within me because my father put kindness within me. My mother, my mother and father were both very kind people. My mom's a little harsh. My dad's, my dad's very much, I'm a daddy's girl. But like, I'm lucky that growing up, I had love given to me. So at least that exists in my mind. I have a voice of kindness because it was literally passed to me by my father, right? And my, and, and my mother, she, she's harsh, but she took care of us still. You know, she has her delivery is harsh as hell. I'll tell you right now, her, I mean, I know where I get it from, right? But there's, there's a softness to me. And I know I get that from my father because my father was a, is still a very soft man. So I've had to learn how to find my voice, like the voice that's kind to me. That's not my mom and not my dad. And it's mine, you know, it's maybe the best of their voices. So I do believe that when we learn how to, that when we give ourselves the permission to say out loud what we're truly feeling, and we also get curious about what we're thinking, feeling, experiencing, and we, we probe, we really will start to get to the truth of the matter, whatever the matter is. Okay, so what's my number one priority? What order mm-hmm. do I want to put this in and say it out loud yeah. to get to the truth yeah. or get to the clarity? Yeah. Yeah, man, she has bipolar disorder and she can do this. She was on this podcast. She wrote a book. She's a first generation Indian immigrant woman and she has bipolar disorder and she's successful. I need to show both sides. I I think it's false advertising when we only show people the good stuff about us. It's not fucking real. That's not real. If I really want to be authentic with my audience, I have to show them both sides. I have to show them the not so fun side and I have to show that it gets to be good. So that's really my mission at this season and stage in my life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I love just the authenticity and the vulnerability here that you've expressed. And I'm curious, like, how do you go about finding, I don't want to call it like a balance, but for lack of a better term, like how do you find that, yeah, that balance between, do you just share and just document as you're going through the shit and the beautiful moments? Or do you share after the fact when you feel like those wounds are healed? Like, how does that go for you? Oh, that's such a good question. This is a question that I'm asked a lot. I, I am with myself first and foremost. My default is not to share first. My default is to be with myself first. I don't need to share anything on social. I mean, I, there are things about me no one in this lifetime will ever know. No one. And I keep that to myself because I have a relationship with myself. So I check in with myself if I do share something. And if I share, it's always with the purpose. And the purpose is always to help another person see that they're not alone, period. So my life is just kind of like a canvas. Shit happens. You get to look at it and watch it and learn from it and appreciate it or, you know, whatever. And that's it. So I'm not so attached to, oh my God, what are people going to think of me? Like, I'm going to be dead one day, you know? Like, I'm not really worried about what what are people thinking of me sharing my story because I fundamentally believe that we as human beings need to share our stories out loud to be able to help other people, period. And to get to that mindset, you first, you have to see your life as valuable. You have to see your, you have to see yourself as valuable, not all the way. Sometimes we all struggle with like, oh, does what I have to say even matter? But like, a little bit, you 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 gotta you gotta know that what you have to say matters and, and, and really can help another person, you know? So the balance for me is do I do share before or after? It just I don't feel the need to share everything, like I said, and I share with a purpose. Anything I share is with a purpose. I do not just share to share. I don't we cannot just run our mouths just because we have it. 
If we're going to use your mouth to say, use your voice to say it out loud, do it with intention. So whether it's to make somebody laugh, whether it's to make somebody feel something, whether it's to shake somebody up, maybe give them a wake up call, do it with the purest of intentions. And then there's your answer. Just ask yourself, am I sharing this because I want attention? Am I sharing this because I need validation? Am I sharing this because I cannot sit with the discomfort of what I'm going through? So I need to share it on social. Like be real with yourself. I, like I said, I do not share most things in my life. You, I get to curate what you see, but I do think I do a very healthy balance of sharing multiple parts and not just heavy on one side. I don't trust people who just share heavy on one side of themselves. That means you're hiding something. Like, why are you, what are you not letting me see? You know? So I just think if you're on social media and you're trying to influence people in any way for positive, it's your responsibility to show more sides of you, not just like this. Oh, I'm this like holier than thou author guru. Oh, I don't have issues. Like, please. It's a lie. And that's not a sustainable way to live. So true. And that's where you can help the most people is saying, hey, I'm also a real person, but this is how I'm overcoming it. This is how I'm getting to the other side. Like that's where the magic lies is right in that in between, I feel, because yeah, that's, that's how exactly you come right. out of it. People who are, you know, serving other people through mental health services and through coaching and therapy and all that, I think we often feel like we have to, there's no room for us to take care of ourselves or, you know, focus on us or, you know, even especially in our market, I can't share this with people because then they won't hire me. And that is something I had to work through a lot. And I think definitely dealing with my divorce and addiction and recovery really kind of blew, like burst me open with like, no, I'm going to share what I want to share. And if you want to think less of me and not want to work with me because you, I'm sorry that I've, I didn't pass your expectation of being a perfect human, then fine. I don't care. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to be a perfect person in order for you to become my client. That's not what I want. That's like, that's think about it in a relationship, right? Oh, I got to be different so that you love me. Like, no. So I, I really do think it's an opportunity for people who are helping other people. If you're a service-based professional helping somebody and you're like, wait, I'm struggling in my marketing and I don't know why this just came about marketing, but it really is about us being authentic. It's like, you really have to ask yourself, which parts of yourself are you hiding? And I talk about this in my book, own your flaws out loud, and then also play hide and seek out loud. What are the parts of you that haven't been expressed that want, want to come out, you know? So I think we got to allow ourselves to really bring multiple parts of ourselves to the table so that we don't feel so fragmented and disjointed in our efforts to help other people. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I, I would say too, for me, I feel like the podcast has been such a beautiful way to show up and to share authentically because you have such a elaborate platform to just riff and just be able to share and own your truth by finding your voice, but also sharing it. And like, like we're getting to hear your energy and like you speaking from your heart on this stage. And I really love that. And just like this, this platform and this medium, and I've been trying to use it myself as a way to be more vulnerable and open. I mean, I definitely have things too that I'm going to sit with, especially that hide and seek analogy that you're using, because that's really interesting. Cause I think there are some spaces that I want to share more of that I haven't really opened up that door yet but I'm excited too. Yeah. And a great question is, yeah, which parts of you are hiding and wanting to be expressed? And then if they could, if they had a voice, if you could give those parts of yourself a voice, what would they say? You got to name your parts, right? Like I love alliteration. So like I have vulnerable Vasavi, I have vicious Vasavi, I have vixen Vasavi, I have, I have voracious Vasavi. We have many different parts of us and we have to allow them they don't all have to come out necessarily, but think about like, 
all these different parts of you that want to be expressed. Where do they go? I mean, this is how addictions are formed, right? Because we're not connected with all these parts of ourselves. And in order to feel connected or to numb ourselves, we turn to substances, we turn to relationships, we turn to work, we turn to money, thinking this is going to help me, that's going to help me. And so it's very important that we feel connected with all these parts ourselves, because otherwise, we're going to be addicted to things outside of us. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, connect with different parts of yourself, because otherwise, you're going to find yourself addicted to things inside of you, to the parts of yourself outside of you. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to, right? Think about why we are drawn towards certain people, drawn to certain people, especially like toxic relationships. I'm speaking about like where you just clearly know it's unhealthy. I always think that that's because that part of you that has not been healed, or you have not really given it what it really needs, just keep seeking out that same toxicity in somebody else. So then almost by like finding that personality within you or that version of you inside, naming it and knowing how to like call it out at specific times, even I'm sure different personalities are very useful, right? So like knowing what it is, knowing how to call on it, that's really important. Yep, that's right. You hit the nail on the head. Beautiful. Well, then for those listening, like where can you be found online and on social media? And then how can we pick up your book? Thanks so much for asking, Jamie. I'm on Instagram. My name is Vasavi. That's the actual handle. People are always like, is is that really what I go? No, my actual handle is my name is Vasavi and my name is also Vasavi. So my name is Vasavi on Instagram. And you can go to my website, vasavikumar.com forward slash order the book. And you can go ahead and order the book. And I still have some bonuses, I believe, like meditations and a mini course. And it's a whole bunch of great stuff. So yeah, that's that's all happening right now for people who order the book. Thank you. Thank you. And then do you have anything else kind of coming through right now that you feel called to share before we wrap things up here? Yeah, I think the thing that I really want to say is that every single part of you needs to and deserves to be accepted and first and foremost by you. And if you find it hard to accept these parts of yourself, then it's really important that you surround yourself with human beings who do accept you. Because the more you're around people who don't accept you, the more those parts of you will still continue to be hidden and rejected and not feel safe to come out. So you want to make sure that you and you are good. And you want to make sure that you and any single person that has contact with you understands the tone and standard for how you want to be treated. So I set the tone and standard with every interaction. This is how I'm going to be treated. I don't have to say it. I just am it. People know how to treat me, not because I have to give them a freaking laundry list of how to treat Vasavi, but my energy, my words, everything I lead with that, you can say so much without saying anything. You know what I mean? So it's like really important that you get connected with yourself and respect yourself and make yourself and your body and your mind a no shame zone, no judgment zone, because you're not going to just tolerate that from other people. If you have people in your life that aren't treating you with the respect that you deserve, then you just got to ask yourself, what, what, what part of you still thinks that you deserve disrespect? It's no, nobody else, nobody, get everyone out of the equation. It's you and you. Everyone's just another mirror form of you. So yeah, the, the, that is the gr- most important relationship you will have is the one that you have with yourself. So order my book, say it out loud, use the power of your voice to listen to your deepest thoughts and courageously pursue your dreams. What a beautiful way to just make this all feel so complete. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me today. It means the absolute world. 